Hello and welcome to a special bonus episode of Who Is She? For each episode of Who Is She? we champion and speak with a pioneering woman in film. But in this instance, our subject unfortunately isn't around to speak with. For this episode, we'll be talking about Millicent Patrick, whose career spanned across the 1940s and 50s. Patrick's life is a fascinating, sometimes tragic testament to being a woman in film working during this time, when women's credibility was in even more jeopardy than today. Her legacy piqued the interests of our own Steph Watts, and so Steph set out to speak with Mallory O'Meara, a podcaster in her own right and the author of The Lady from the Black Lagoon. I'm here with Bechtel Steph now, and so Steph, if I could ask you, Millicent Patrick, who is she? Yeah, so Millicent Patrick, a bit of a kind of history episode. She was um, an artist in the kind of 40s, 50s, era of Hollywood um she started off working at Disney as one of the animators um she was one of the kind of first women to be animating at Disney um and she worked on Fantasia the kind of the big final like Chernobog sequence at the end um so kind of already making monsters in her kind of early career um and then was kind of doing some background acting and acting work and then yeah, went on to be involved in the um, the design of the creature from Creature from the Black Lagoon, which is kind of a massively influential film in the horror genre. If you think of like The Shape of Water, that is like hugely inspired by that film. Um, so yeah, she was kind of the the brains behind that amazing monster design. That's incredible and incredible not just to have a career in Hollywood during that time, but several careers in Hollywood mm. during that time a real multifaceted woman um and how did you discover her work and why would you say that she was a pioneer so um I was actually working on my kind of full-time day job outside of the Bechdel Test Fest um working on um screening some of these like classic horror films on YouTube and Creature from the Black Lagoon was one of them um and I was kind of looking up some facts about the film and reading around it a little bit and came across this picture of Millicent Patrick in this kind of really glamorous like off the shoulder like velvet black gown like proper glamour hairdo holding like the the mask of the creature like this really kind of (laughs) ugly like monstrous design I was like wow like who is that who is she you could say um and yeah just kind of like started reading around it and then found out about Mallory O'Meara's book um about her because there's really like not much about her anywhere um partly because um as kind of Mallory goes through in the book she didn't get proper credit for designing the creature it was kind of a lot of male egos kind of taking that credit away from her and there were a lot of people that didn't actually believe that she designed the creature for a really long time um so I think yeah like Millicent Patrick as a figure and Mallory's book around her like are a really interesting kind of dive into a woman working in Hollywood at that time and I mean even how difficult it was for a kind of white conventionally beautiful straight woman to be working in that industry and how tough it was so I would say that definitely a kind of pioneer in that aspect of 
being behind the scenes in a pretty male-dominated industry. Definitely. I'm definitely going to go away and Google that image as soon as we finish recording. That sounds amazing. Um, And then how about Mallory? Could you tell me a little bit about her work, how she... I mean, we cover most of this in the interview, but if you could tell me a little bit about her and... Um, the Lady from the Black Lagoon, the the book that she wrote. So Mallory is an author, she's a podcaster, she's a film producer in the horror film industry as well. Um, So I guess has a lot of kind of experience um, in that industry. And her book is really fascinating because she has this kind of really personal connection to Millicent Patrick and is a kind of... um, like role model for her in terms of women in horror um and then she also kind of in the book weaves in her own experiences as a woman working in in the film industry um so there's really kind of great back and forth between you know how it was to work in the 40s and 50s and then how it is to work in the kind of past few years as well and the, the growth that's happened and not so much growth that's happened in the industry over that kind of 60 year period fantastic well we'll go to that interview now Steph thanks so much for bringing us into our paths and let's go to the interview now so I guess yeah the first thing that I'd really love to know and probably our listeners would really like to know is how did you kind of come into this story and kind of find out about Millicent Patrick what what really kind of sparked your interest and made you want to kind of look into her life and write this book? Well, I fell in love and found out about Millicent Patrick when I was a teenager. Uh, I had been into horror for for all my teenagehood, uh, but I was the black sheep of my family. I didn't have any older siblings or or parents or aunts uncles that were into horror to kind of show me the ropes so I had to find my own way and I realized okay well I'm into horror the best place to start with learning about it is the universal classic monster movies and also you know the hammer horror films like really the the classic stuff that sort of sets the bedrock for uh, for the genre so I was going through all those classic films and when I was 17 I finally got to Creature from the Black Lagoon uh, that's the last one in the universal pantheon it was kind of shot a bit later than the other ones like Dracula and the Wolfman and I loved it absolutely fell in love with the film fell in love with the monster especially he was so sympathetic he's such a great design and I did that was the same thing that all horror fans do after they they watch a movie I had to know how it was made I wanted to know all the behind the scenes uh facts and trivia and all the little nerdy minutiae about filmmaking that so many film people love and so I was looking it up online and I was just doing a google image search about it and while I was scrolling through the the images I found something that completely changed my life because up until that point all of my heroes were men Rick Baker Dick Smith Tom Savini uh Jack Pierce all these you know, makeup designing giants in the in the horror film world. And it never really occurred to me that women did those things or could do those things. Uh, I mm. had I had never had anyone to show me films that were made by women, directed by women, written by women. So it just those things never crossed my mind. It was just like not a not a possibility for me. But while I was looking through those Google images, there was a photo of a woman designing or like working on the creature suit and it was like being struck by lightning all of a sudden I was like whoa whoa, hold on what what is this <laughs> what's happening here <laughs> and I looked at the the caption for the photo it said Millicent Patrick illustrator and designer and it was a 
like a door that was a door opening for me moment and unfortunately for me at the time uh there was that that was it there was no wikipedia page there was no website there was no information about Melissa and patrick available online but from that moment on i thought oh my god like girls do this stuff i can do this stuff and i ended up becoming a professional filmmaker um partly because of that moment and i because of that i always wanted to find out more about her I mean, not even just to tell her story to the world, but I wanted to know personally. Like, I just really wanted to know what happened to her. <laughs> Nobody even knew if she was still alive. Like, I wanted to, I just wanted to know uh, for my own personal satisfaction. And that's kind of the the seed of where Lady from the Black Lagoon came from. And I mean, yeah, you go through it in the book, um, your kind of process of doing the research to find her. And it sounded so difficult because, I mean, yeah, she has all of these last names. And I guess if you're a woman and you get married in that time even now sometimes you take kind of your husband's last name so it just sounded like a real challenge to really track her down and find anything out about her it was it was really tough um like you said she Millicent Patrick went under the name at least seven different names over the course of her life um and also you know she heard legacy had been purposefully hidden that was the other thing is that I kept mm. bumping up against these male historians or male filmmakers or um, archivists or writers who just refused to believe that a woman could have done the things that she did so it wasn't even just that the information it, the information was out there it was tough to find but it was out there but so many people men <laughs> had uh, had overlooked it had had looked had looked at it and thought oh this can't be real or this isn't this doesn't matter really was what they were saying is that they didn't believe her and they thought that she didn't matter um so it was sort of a I was sort of incredulous because I would finally found all this stuff and I found a wealth of things and I couldn't believe no one had written about it but it was because that no one people had male historians had looked at this stuff and thought nah this doesn't matter yeah they're kind of like conspiracy theories that she didn't actually design the creature I just yes. found they're still infuriating like. they're still out there which is funny I sometimes still get uh reporters journalists um bloggers all of them guys <laughs> who interview me and their first question is like oh so did she really design the creature and i'm like yes why do you no the rest of my the, my book is blank there's nothing in it like <laughs> yes absolutely she did uh it's 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 really frustrating the persistence of of these sort of like you said i mean conspiracy theories is really the best way to put it because if you go down that rabbit hole the only the only ways to explain those things are just completely preposterous and they're very silly. Mm. I think, um, well, something that's done really well in the book is that kind of, the look at the, the landscape for women working in film at that time and then how it's changed in some ways now, but also how it really hasn't. And um, I think kind of Millicent being this very glamorous and feminine woman, um, maybe contributing to the idea that men didn't take her seriously was I think really interesting to to look into yeah that was one of the other things that really galvanized me besides my own personal curiosity was while I was looking into her story I realized oh my gosh this was in the 1950s and so many things still have not changed this is mm. bonkers and it really that's also part of why the book uh, is formatted and written in the way that it is it's not a straightforward biography like you said it is sort of like Julie and Julia but for monsters 
and uh, because I wanted to show people because it, it's so easy for for folks to hear film history and hear these stories about how women were disregarded or talked down to or had their jobs taken or credit stolen and be like oh well you know that was the 50s you know that's how things were back then but it's not it's how things are mm-hmm. still right now and I really wanted to to show that and the easiest way I could think to do that was to show people personal stories from my work and my life as a filmmaker to say yeah okay this thing I'm writing about this event and that took place in the early 50s here's something that took place a year ago (laughs) it's you can't uh you can't disregard things that are are happening right now Mm, definitely and I think as well I mean because we are seeing so many more um horror films come from kind of women writers women directors we've covered a few of them on the podcast in the last year we're in a really weird time at the moment where change is happening but not kind of all over the place not fast enough and for sure and it's funny too because i hear you hear grumblings from so many corners of the film world of like oh they're taking over women are taking (laughs) over but it the on one hand the the progress has been great but we have we have so far to go that when you look at it in the context we it isn't that much progress you know we had mm-hmm. a few years ago one woman uh was nominated for best <laughs> director the second woman in woman in history and people are like oh well women are taking over and not and keep in mind not a single woman has been nominated for best director oscar since that that was it was either 2019 or 2018 i believe um yeah. so <laughs> whenever people say that i'm like well okay where where's the evidence that they're taking over i mean we're, we're struggling just to to make a little bit of progress so it's it's a it has it's like a weird double speak that that uh female filmmakers and people who write about w- women in film have to have to to speak in because on one hand it's so we're so optimistic because a lot of things are happening but on the other hand things are still so grim and dire that it's a tough thing to balance this kind of story of Millicent like being this um, female figure in such a male-dominated world and especially Creature from the Black Lagoon being such a male-dominated film um, it's really like amazing to see that story um, be kind of out there and in full detail um, in a way that you would normally get for a lot of kind of male creatives in the field already well i think it's super important i mean all the progress that is that we're making is great and it's so important to push for more women all over the film world be it critics directors writers prop masters grips like whatever it is i want more women everywhere um but i I think it's really important for for women and for everybody to know that it's this isn't a new thing it's not as if oh you know there's more more women are getting into film now you know now it now it's our time like our time is always it's it's always been our time <laughs> you know we we have a history in this genre we have a history in film and i i really really think it's it's one it's important for everyone to know that yes but it's also a comfort to me like it was so mm-hmm. comforting as i was getting into the film world knowing that you know 50 years 60 years ago Millicent was going through the same thing and I really wanted other women to have that experience and I wanted all readers of all genders to just to know again like we've been we have been here it's not that we have to encourage women to get into these uh industries and these genres as we have to hire them <laughs> that's all you have yeah. to do there's I I know so many women in every part of the film industry like 
you know, that's why I always laugh when people say, oh, well, it's so hard to find a film review written by a woman or this or that. I'm like, no, you just have to hire them. <laughs> They're everywhere. <laughs> Definitely. Um, I think as well for this, like Creature from the Black Lagoon just seems like such an influential film, even for something like Guillermo del Toro's The Shape of Water. It's like looking back at that and looking back at that creature design um it seems like such an influential film so it's really kind of interesting to see more history behind that oh yeah that kind of that the like iconic monster creature is such a special monster i mean one that design mills and knocked it out of the park it's just Mm. such an incredible design (laughs) it's a difficult design to pull off um from so many different standpoints um, you know, it, it's a design, when you think about like a fish man, you know, it's a design that could go wrong. And it did. The first iteration of it at Universal Studios designed by the prop department was silly. It didn't elicit any sort of fear. It just looked silly. So Millicent made, had made this incredible monster, um, but it, 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 it stayed that way. It has been so influential. There, It really stands out among all the classic Universal canon. It's never been remade um, fully. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can all sort of count The Shape of Water as like, you know, the sequel to Creature from the Black Lagoon, <laughs> uh, which I, 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 I sort of do. But there's, you know, The Shape of Water, there's Monster Squad. There's so many um, different um, homages to it and things that have been inspired by it. It's such a special monster that has such a big place in the hearts of horror fans and monster movie fans and that's why it was so exciting to me to discover and to find proof that she designed it because still this mi- decades later we haven't had a major film monster designed by a woman since Millicent. And that's why I really wanted, I mean, uh, there's a bazillion reasons why I wanted to talk about Millicent Patrick and write this book, but I want to, I want to encourage, um, you know, directors and producers and studios to, to look elsewhere and to hire, hire women to do those things. We've had remakes of Predator. We have new Godzilla movies. We have new alien movies. We have all kinds of new, uh, iterations of old franchises. We still have monster movies coming out and still no one's, no one's (laughs) hired a woman to do it. And I really wanted to put (laughs) Millicent right, right out front and center to, to show that this iconic monster that folks are still drawing inspiration from and thinking about and wanting to include uh, in their in their worlds was made by a woman. I mean, I only came to the kind of big classic monster movies really recently, um, but I was so impressed by all the practical effects and I guess, yeah, just the, the planning stage at the start with um, Millicent designing that actual creature probably pays off quite a lot. Yeah, he really holds up. I mean, I have a lot of readers who actually read read the book having never seen Creature. And the Mm. number one thing that those readers write in and tell me or, you know, back in the before days when I could do in-person events, um, (laughs) people would tell me while I was signing their books is telling me, oh, my gosh, this holds up. It's still good. (laughs) You know, it's there's because there are so many cheesy monster movies from that era. And to be fair, there's cheesy monster movies from every era. And (laughs) Creature from the Black Lagoon spawned many an imitator there were quite a few very cheesy ridiculous monster movies that came in its wake 
uh, so folks are so shocked when they watch it and they're like, oh my gosh, this monster looks incredible. Like this movie's actually good. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. It really, the, the, the design of it just holds up. I mean, he is such an empath, the way, the way that Millicent designed, even just his face is so both scary, but also empathetic and people watch it and they're like, I love, I love this monster. I absolutely love it. I'm like, yes, join the creature club. <laughs> Definitely. Um, well, that's, yeah, that's the kind of 50s movies. But do you have any um, horror or not movies that you would recommend for people to watch that are maybe women led or women directed? Yes, I have. I have tons. Um, <laughs> there, there are, we are living in, in a great, we are living in the best time. To, to live as as a horror movie fan um there's a, a movie that just came out last year um by my friend who i do my podcast with um reading glasses uh, my friend bria grant she directed a film a nurse exploitation movie called 12 hour shift which is like a horror black comedy film um that's available i think it just came out uh, on dvd and blu-ray in the uk um, there's also a great movie that came out two years ago um, by director Chelsea Stardust called Satanic Panic, which is so much fun. Um, very gory, lots of fun kills in that one. Uh, another great horror movie. I'm not sure if it's available in the UK. I'll have to check. Um, Culture Shock by Gigi Saul Guerrero uh, is amazing. Such a great horror movie. Not as gory as Satanic Panic, but <laughs> very, very smart. Really, really fun. Um, Black Christmas, which came out uh in christmas of 2019 i believe i keep thinking that last year is 2019 because 2020 <laughs> didn't count as a year um, but now i guess I, it I would say almost two years ago is another really fun christmas horror film that was written and directed by women um you, you're gonna have to stop me because i'll just keep <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll just keep spewing them i i almost only watch movies directed by women at this point <laughs> <laughs> amazing um and are, I mean, are there any kind of women working in the industry at the moment who you like really admire and kind of want to shout out? Oh, there's there, there's so many. There's so all those directors that I just talked about. Um, Yvonka Vukovic, who directed a movie called Riot Girls, which is like just the post-apocalyptic gay teen movie that you that everyone has always wanted for years is so much fun she's a director to watch uh one of my my favorite movie of last year was uh shirley um blow the man down which was a movie that i'm completely obsessed with that came out last year which is a it's not quite horror it's more like a a crime drama film directed by two women it's uh bridget savage cole and danielle something i can't remember the other last name but it's out streaming right now those are two directors uh, that are absolutely, um, you know, you keep your eyes on them. They're fantastic. Um, again, you'll have to stop me because I just, I, <laughs> I almost, I try to, I, I really almost only watch movies that are made um, by by women and marginalized directors at, at this point because mm -hmm. I had this really interesting experience when I started um when I was uh, in my early 20s and really started reading and watching things that were created by women, it was this like hunger because I hadn't had them in so long. And now I was just <laughs> like, I, I've been without this thing. And it's, now it's the only thing that I want. <laughs> so it, it's really makes up the bulk of my media consult consumption. Mm -hmm. Amazing. I kind of had that like last year as well. Like I, I don't think I meant to do it, but I like, I think I only read books by women and maybe like one like John Wyndham book or something like that <laughs> like it was just like such a weird thing where like sometimes you don't even do it consciously but it's just like 
the type of like art that you didn't know you needed and then you just like are constantly seeking it out because you just haven't like had it yes well once you start uh watching and reading like female characters that are actually written and created by women it's Mm. you don't want anything else you just (laughs) you don't want anything else you really really don't I was joking with an author friend of mine about how he didn't didn't really think that he liked thrillers that much until he started reading feminist thrillers that were more than what did he say he described it more than like the 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 disgruntled white man who finds the nameless female's body and has to to solve the mystery of how she was murdered and he's like once i got books that weren't that i wanted more of them and i was like yes i know exactly what you mean (laughs) well thank you so much for all the recommendations we've got a big viewing list now to get through so yeah again i i am always good for for recommendations i love i mean besides consuming this media one of my favorite things in the world is is recommending them to people there's nothing more fun than (laughs) recommending a movie to someone and have them watching it and texting you and be like oh my god this is amazing i'm like yes (laughs) (laughs) definitely (laughs) i think the thing i miss about um like going to the cinema at the moment is like when you take somebody to see a film that you've seen before but they haven't and you just like watch them watch the movie (laughs) i miss it so much honestly that's me and my my boyfriend have already agreed that as soon as we're vaccinated and allowed out in the world again the first place we're going is to sit in a dark room we're going to the movies (laughs) that's the thing that I want to do the most I miss the communal experience of watching a movie I miss taking people to see a movie that I love Uh, I really really miss that and hopefully hopefully this year we'll be able to start doing that again And so that's it for this bonus episode of Who Is She? Uh, Mallory's book, The Lady from the Black Lagoon, is available to buy in the UK now if that interview did interest you. Thank you so much for listening and thank you to Mallory O'Meara for speaking to us on the fascinating legacy of Millicent Patrick. Who Is She? A Bechdel Test Fest podcast is a Bechdel Test Fest production. It was hosted by myself, Beth Webb, and produced by Steph Watts, with additional help from Karina Antropus and Caitlin Quinlan. Our music was written, performed, and produced by Zoe Mead. Check out her band, Wildest, on all major streaming platforms. Like our podcast? Please subscribe and say nice things about us on the Apple Podcasts page. <laughs>